What's up, guys? Uh, we're back from our bye week. Had a lot of stuff going on, but we're back. The boys are back. Going to do uh, talk about a lot of stuff. Games this week, some big games, game days in Washington, and how can we not talk about UM after that uh, disaster loss? Going to talk about FSU. Going to talk about all the teams here that uh, that have been uh, on the glimpse and coming up. So with that said, what is up, Alec? What is up, Trent? Gloomy, gloomy Tuesday. Good to be back after a bye week. <laughs> All right, let's uh, address the elephant in the room. Obviously, uh, UM should have won. Uh, I think it's pretty clear everyone that's a fan has seen the, the highlights. Basically, if you live under a rock, uh, Crystal Ball could have kneeled the ball, could have won the game. Maybe there was a second to spare, and then they would have to punt it, but I highly doubt that. But regardless, should have kneeled the ball. They didn't do it. They ran a play. They fumbled. And... The odds are still stacked against Georgia Tech. They they basically went 70 yards down the field in two plays without any timeouts and won the game. Completely inexcusable. Um, it's one of the top three worst losses I've ever seen in any sport, just considering the amount of all you have to do is kneel and win the game. It was about as stupid as you could possibly be uh, to lose a game. And uh, we're going to start with Trent first because he was there. Uh, he's one of the biggest UM fans I know. So go ahead, man. Floor is yours. Uh, well, first of all, before I get into the whole – mean part um <laughs> I, I felt bad because although um didn't exactly play their greatest game especially offensively um they played enough well enough to win like they they literally won the game um <laughs> minus the practice of their head coach they they won that game um so that's that's the i guess the good takeaway i can get you know from from that game is that you know the good teams usually even though if they play bad they still find ways to win they did with a big asterisk, but, uh, you know, beyond that, you know, I, I was at the game and, you know, they were, Mario was just running it down their throat the last drive and they just kept working and kept working. They got first out the first down, they're bleeding clock. And they got to the point where it was like, okay, well, they've gotten to the, they've hit that threshold, that safety threshold where it's like, okay, they can now comfortably end the game. They don't need to do anything else. Uh, Georgia Tech has no timeout. So I walked in the tunnel. And I'm trying to get my friends to come and be like, yo, the game's over. They just has he all he has to do is take a knee, right? Like the game's over. We just we can leave now. And as I'm in the tunnel walking out, I can hear the guys on the radio saying, you know, Cheney lost the football. <laughs> in, my, in my mind, I'm like, why is Cheney taking a knee? Uh so I walk back out and I see the whole thing. And I'm like, I, I was just it's it's I'm in disbelief. I mean, there was six-year-old go- girl sitting behind me asking why he didn't take a knee. I mean, it seems like the whole stadium, which combined probably doesn't make Mario's salary, knew uh, what to do in that situation. <laughs> so it's, it's it's really inexcusable. There's no there's no way around it. Um, I will say that you know, without a doubt in my mind, Cheney was down when he fumbled. His elbow was very much on the turf. I don't know how they missed that call, and they completely blew that call. But it doesn't matter. Like you don't leave it in their hands. You could have just it could have been over before that. So um there's no excuse. I think Mario, you know, did a good job afterwards taking accountability, telling his players that it wasn't their fault. It was on his shoulders. And at least most of it, you know, you know. So from, from all from from all accounts, I've heard that since that, since the gruesome Saturday, they've come back on Monday and Tuesday. They've had very strong practices focus so hopefully Georgia Tech is behind them because they have to play a much better team in North Carolina next week uh who hung 40 on Syracuse last weekend um yeah you know, 
there's a, a lot of things that they need to improve on, uh, especially offensively. I saw a very, very – that was the offense I expected to see going into the season this year. You know, it was a little similar to what we saw last season. Uh, just got – even though they outgained Georgia Tech by 200 yards, they couldn't finish drives. They were turning the ball over. Van Dyke was making terrible mistakes. Um, you know, he's, he's a streaky quarterback. He always has been, and that was one of those games where he just – made a lot of poor decisions and it, and it really cost them at the end, at the end of the day. So yeah, um, the defense though held, held strong uh, defense, except for that last drive, which I really don't want to blame them for uh, was really, really firm. Like Georgia tech who has one a top five offense in the ACC really could not do anything all game against Miami's defense. So that was a little encouraging, um, but it does not matter when your head coach wants to run the ball at 30 seconds left and no timeouts yeah. on the other side. So uh, hopefully they can get through it. They got a lot of season left to make up for it, but definitely uh, that was a nightmare for sure. Yeah, I think you hit a lot of points, man. Um, look, even though the fumble happened, they still gave up 70 yards in two plays. Um, I don't know what the safeties are doing back there. Uh, just a complete disaster the last 30 seconds. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Um, I mean, I don't want, I don't want to blame the safeties. Just be, I, Obviously, they messed up, like Couch – our, uh, I think it was either Couch and Cam Kidges made just terrible decisions. But, you know, it's it's hard to come out and play when you're sitting on the sideline and the whole time you think, oh, this game is over. Like, when UM played in the national championship in 2003 or whatever, yeah. and they thought they won the game, they stormed the field, and then they had to be told, no, you got to keep playing. It's just hard to emotionally get back into the game like that. And I think that's what happened with Miami. <laughs> These guys, they're on the sideline thinking, no, the game's over. We're going to take a knee. And next thing you know, Armageddon, and they're back on the field. So yeah, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. It's it's 100,000% on Mario's shoulders, that loss. Um, but got to bounce back. Yeah, as, as, and now, like as Trent said, they, they, they basically won this game except for the last 30 seconds. Uh, it's unfortunate. But, um, yeah, what would you think, man? Yeah, this is one of those that, you know, I, I pro it's probably better that Trent talk most about it. And he covered most of the points. Uh, as Florida State fan, it was pretty uh, <laughs> pretty interesting. You know, we've been there before. We, we've lost on some crazy <laughs> last play, Hail Mary, block field goal, return for touchdown to lose the game in 2016. Um just like jaw dropping, morale crushing plays, uh, games. So <clears throat> it's a tough one to respond to. A couple of things I'm going to note, though. It, obviously, this game should not have been as close as it, as it was in the first place. I mean, you're talking about Georgia Tech, who was blown out of the water by Bowling Green the week before. And then they come in here into Miami's house and they pull out this crazy win at the end of the game because they were able to stay in the game so long. Um, obviously, that final play, you know, FSU's been there before where we, we, we had guys too close up the field. I, I, I'm sure they were thinking, we don't want to give up a crazy lateral play. Let's try to cover some ground and, and not have too much of a prevent defense. But, man, the guy was wide open. It wasn't even like he had a contested catch. So that's a problem. It's unfortunate. It's one play and it decides the game. You know, you should be allowed to make mistakes and have the game not fall on one play or one call, but this is one of those situations where it did. 
Um, I'm curious to see, you know, I've talked to some Miami fans this week. Obviously, after the game, people are calling for Mario's head. And uh, it's one of those things where you're allowed to have a mistake like this as long as you can respond to it. Obviously, he's done this before is what we came to learn, or he lost the game last when he was at Oregon. Uh, on the same situation where he should have kneeled the ball, they fumbled and they went ended up losing the game because of it. And um, so it's bad that it's it's the, it's not the first time this has happened. And another big concern I mentioned to you guys uh, off the pod <clears throat> is that Miami's zero and five. They haven't won a game against an ACC team at home. That's a real problem. That 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 can't be continuing to happen. The only games that you show up in front of your fans is when you're blowing out Charleston Southern or, <laughs> you know, Northwest, Southwest, Middle Tennessee, Countryville. And uh, that, that can't really be happening uh, moving forward. So I'm curious to see how Miami fans that are listening, uh, you know, feel about Mario as it stands after this week. I know that everyone was very, very high on him up until this week. The fact that they were four and zero or five and zero going into this game, so uh, I wonder, you know, how much their mindsets changed. But people definitely are keeping an eye on this one, and will hold it over his head for a long time until he's able to rise, you know, up until that next level. So yeah, uh, tough loss, but uh, we'll we'll see, you know, how they respond. There's I will things, go ahead. Two things I just want to say um, to respond to Alec. One, he brought up the 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 Stanford mistake that he made while he's at Oregon, uh, which obviously that's inexcusable too. I, I don't, I don't know why this is a common theme. However, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but when he did that against Stanford, Oregon's next two games were against number 24 Cal and number seven Washington. And they did win both of those games. Just a statistic. I don't, I'm not saying that he's going to do that against UNC and Clemson, but you know, history can repeat itself. I'm not saying it will. The second point is that uh, the yes, it's concerning that uh, Miami has yet to win a home ACC game under Mario. But when you take into account that last season was arguably the worst Miami team in the history of the program, um, and they didn't win any games basically last season, they, I mean, they might have had one or two ACC wins in total. Um, and then this season, they should have absolutely won that game minus one boneheaded decision. So I'm I'm not that concerned by that that ACC record at home yet. Um, there's still a lot of ACC games to be played. That was the first game of the ACC season for them this year. So there's a lot of games to be played at home, you know, for Mario against ACC teams. So that isn't a red flag just yet, you know. And obviously, you know, like we talked about his first year, um, he gets a little bit better for the doubt. Excuse me. Um, just because of how just bad that team was last year, all around, top to bottom, you know, including himself. So I'll still give him to the end of this year to kind of make up for that step. All right, I will say this: we talked about it also off the pod uh, with, with look in terms of the ACC championship. Not saying it's going to happen, but there still is a pathway for them to get there. Uh, they basically would have to win out. They would have to win these games anyways if they wanted to make the ACC championship. And they would have to hope uh, Duke loses to FSU, which is pretty probable. I don't see Riley Leonard coming back the rest of the year. Maybe he will. Who knows? But uh, Duke's still a tough team. But a lot of things are going to have to happen. But there still is a pathway. 
because uh, I know people are going to ask. Uh, and, and by the way, even if they were undefeated, these are games they're going to have to win anyways. So if, they, if they lost FSU or they lost UNC, wouldn't have mattered. So I, I do think there still is a way they can get to the ACC championship. Not all hope is lost, but it's uh, going to be a tough test. And There's uh, a way. There's a way. Just unlikely. <laughs> yeah. The the Jim Carrey meme. You're telling me there's a chance. So, yeah, there's, uh, there's a chance. But yeah. All right. We're going to focus on to this week of games now. We have some big games. We're going to talk about uh, some of the past week performances from teams. I mean, I really want to talk about USC versus Notre Dame and more importantly, USC last week. Um, I watched that whole fourth quarter. What an awesome game by Arizona. What a fight by them to go into USC and to make that the way the game was. Honestly, they should have, they probably messed up by not going for two because legitimately they could have won that game. Uh, they didn't do it, and uh, they went in a couple of two-point conversions later. Uh, USC literally survives by the skin of their teeth. Um, look, we've mentioned in the past, we talked about Lincoln Riley. We all know how we feel about him. Well, Alec feels about him, but we might yeah. potentially be there as well. But the one thing we always agreed on is, and, and it's always been the knock on Lincoln Riley, is just uh, the, the defenses he's had throughout the years and how they continuously always perform uh, – <laughs> like this it, at some point it's got to change last year we talked about the defense uh would be their issue this year we really came in saying look he has everything he needs to win we all we all admit that the defense is not going to be a top thing for him but it's got to show up and man they almost screwed this up completely this would have been one of the worst losses of 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 the season considering the team that they have and the quarterback they have Caleb Williams played phenomenal he's the reason they won that game uh made insane plays to get him out of the just crazy. Alec, I'll start with you first, man. What did you think of that game? Uh, I stayed up to 2 o'clock to watch the finish. It was, I couldn't get my eyes off the TV, but, man, I was just stunned they were even in that position. Yeah, I did not stay up. I didn't think that it was uh, – thought that they'd be able to pull away. I, I didn't I didn't see until the next morning they are gone to overtime. But uh, I'm just going to talk about, you know, Lincoln, <laughs> Riley, uh, um you know, he's never won a national championship. And I've spoken often on this on this podcast about why, and it's usually revolving around the defense, um, but just their inability to overcome that final hump. I don't know if they'll ever win. I, I, it's inexcusable to me that you've had so many teams over the years where you may have an argument that you have the most talented team or maybe one of the best coaching staffs or the best offensive scheme in the country. Like he's an elite play caller and offensive mind. And how is it so difficult to make a call to a Dan Lanning type before he went and became a head coach or a Mike Elko before he became a head coach or these kind of guys, if you can convince Cliff Kingsbury to come from the NFL to come be his offensive coordinator and he could sell that they're going to put up points and they're going to be able to win games. Why is it so difficult for you to go and get a DC that's going to have a good defense? It's been 10 years of this almost <laughs> where they have had Heisman Trophy quarterbacks, high caliber offenses, first round receivers. Like, and and it, it's not like they have a lack of talent on the defensive side either. It, it, I I I'm convinced that it's never going to change. Uh, I, I'm completely writing them off this year. Uh, I know that I picked them pro I think I picked them to win the whole thing at the beginning of the year because there it, it made total sense. Like they have everything that they need. And I don't know if 
what there is to figure out, what there is to change moving forward. Whatever their defensive scheme in is, is has been exposed, and teams now have tape on exactly what to do. So I don't see things changing. Could they beat Notre Dame in a shootout? Maybe this this week. Notre Dame struggled offensively last week. But they're going to play, I don't know, Oregon, Washington, whoever the hell else, Utah, whoever else they have to play this year. And there's no way, like there's no way <laughs> that they're going to win out and that they're going to go into the playoff and beat an SEC team or a Big Ten team. Like I've, I've completely written them off. Yeah, it's uh, you, you hit a lot of points. Uh, you go ahead, Trent. I uh, I completely agree with him. Um, I you know ever since Riley's been with Oklahoma, however many years that's been, what maybe a decade now, um, he's never produced anything on defense, anything. So there's, I'm convinced. I'm just like Alec. It's not going to change. You know, it's been it's, it's been way too long. It's made, he's made no strides on defense. This is definitely the most talented defense he's ever had, too. His his front, at least his front four on defense, is, is just ultra talented. And it's just no excuse to, to, to be giving up points the way they do every single year, no matter what team he coaches. So um, right now, it's, it's the Caleb Williams show. To me, he's the best college quarterback I've seen since Burrow. Um, you could say he, he, you could say he's playing better than Burrow, if I'm being honest. Um, so, you know, that, that he's, Caleb's going to carry all the way until they start playing these elite teams, but they're not going to be able to beat these elite teams just because of how poor their defense is. I mean, they got to go play against Oregon, Notre Dame, Utah. Like those are tough teams, especially like Oregon and, and you can say what you want about Notre Dame, but Oregon is a, is going to be a very, very tough game for them. Um, and I, it, their defense has shown nothing all year. I mean, they've played two super inferior opponents in Arizona and Colorado, and they just got absolutely lit up on the scoreboard, giving 40-plus to both of them. And that's just inexcusable for the defense and, or the talent they have on defense in that program in general. It's just, you know, I, I don't see a way that USC can – I don't even know if they can go to the playoffs, just like Alec mentioned. It's just it's it's going to be too difficult for them to beat the top teams because they're not going to be able to get stops when they need to. So, I'm uh I'm writing Link off. I'm doing that right now. Um, I I think it's 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 pretty pathetic, honestly, that he just every year, like Alex said, cannot find someone that can that can lead defense. Um, and. They're just that's it. They're they they can win nine ten games a year, but they're not gonna they're not gonna win anything meaningful when when their defense continues to produce the way they are. So I'm a you can throw a link on Bum Mountain, I'm Bum Rushmore. I'm I'm sold. All right, I do I do agree that uh, it's been pretty disappointing. But however, they have won those games. Uh, there's teams that just can't win those games. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what's it called? Um, look, man, they still got Caleb Williams, still got the best quarterback in, in college football. Anything is possible. I mean, if they're gonna have to outscore their opponents, I, I wouldn't put it past anyone, but but Caleb Williams to do it along with Lincoln Riley. Defense is a serious concern. They almost choked the game away against Colorado. They almost choked this. Honestly, they should have lost that game to Arizona in USC, which is why it's so bad. But, um, look, man, uh, you they, they you guys obviously made some very very valid concerns about them. I wouldn't doubt it, but 
I'm not going to write them off just yet. I mean, they have a great offensive team, and when you have a great quarterback in Caleb Williams, anything's pretty possible. So I do I do think they'll make the playoff, but uh, it's going to be a tough road, man. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if they lost, but uh, that's what I'm going to say on USC about that real quick. And the, uh, I just, I, I just want to also just, I, I know I said it before, but Caleb Williams is, pardon my friend, fucking amazing. Like he's actually insane. Like I've never seen someone do what he's doing. That concludes Burrow. That includes Jameis. He just does it. He's like I've never seen someone that's so like Mahomes and Rodgers on a college football field. Like he threads the needle so easily and is able to get around the pocket. He's able to escape whatever he wants. He has a great pocket awareness. And it's just like, he's amazing, dude. And I, 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 it's insane that he's able to carry that team the way he's doing it right now, because without Caleb Williams, like that, (laughs) that that team is not ranked. Yeah. That team is not ranked. So absolutely. Arizona, they lose to Colorado. They might lose to San Jose state. So, um, I still think he's in with the Heisman. I, I, that, that's just my gut feeling. But I'm no. I know we're going to talk about other, other favorites, you know, throughout the, uh, throughout the podcast. But um, that guy's incredible, and he's masking all of Link's flaws, 100. percent Yep. All right. Now to the games. Uh, obviously, we have Notre Dame and USC. We talked about UC a, a great deal. Um, I think if you would have told me in the beginning of the season, really, if you would have told any of us in the beginning of the season that Notre Dame would have two losses coming into this point of the season. I would have probably not believed it considering how good Sam Hartman uh, is and ha- and he's actually having a great season this year. Um, I kind of feel bad for the guy. He really gave away an NFL season to come back and, and win a chip for this Notre Dame team. Kind of, kind of their, their college football playoff hopes are completely done at this point with two losses. Um, it kind of sucks. This is a game they should have won. They just kind of choked it away at the end. Um, but let's get to the game here. Look, uh, USC Notre Dame. I believe this game is in Notre Dame, correct? It is, I believe. Um, with that said, though, Alec, I'll give you first dibs on this one. Who do you have winning this game? Notre Dame's favored, and before <laughs> before that Ohio State game, they hadn't lost a game at home in a long time. They're they're very good at home. Um, it's just interesting because both teams are. Both teams are going through some issues. Um, you know, Notre Dame had a real tough loss last week at Louisville, which, by the way, Louisville's a solid team. Um, they got a, they've got always had a great uh, fan, crowd, atmosphere. So that's a tough place to play. But they didn't even show up for that game. They got blown out of the water. I don't know what it is that's going wrong with them. If it's Freeman. Um I don't know if they're if they're there just yet, like everyone expected them to be uh, up until that Ohio State game. And even after losing to Ohio State, they could come and respond. But the thing is, Notre Dame, you know, historically has had the luxury of being able to pick their own schedule. Now they have the deal with the ACC where they have to play tough teams, uh, but it only takes up six games of their schedule. And they could schedule the other six, which are, you know, games that they've played their whole – uh, like forever. They always play USC. They always play Stanford. Uh, I, I forgot what the other teams are. But they've given themselves a really tough schedule. And 
we said at the beginning of the year, as, as good as Notre Dame is, that their schedule is really tough, and it's gonna. And I don't know if they'll be able to get through that, even though they may have the team to to make it to the playoff. And just to see how it's played out uh, now makes a lot of sense. But USC hasn't lost yet. They find a way to win. It's on Caleb's back. Uh, you know. I didn't get a chance to speak on it after Trent said it, but I completely agree about Caleb. He's something different. He, he could turn a losing team into a winning team. He can be the only reason that a team wins, like a LeBron James or something like this. And um, I think that they will go out in there and win. I think that Notre Dame is a little bit too hobbled uh, just after these couple of losses. Morale is as low as it's ever been. And now you got to come and face this super potent offense. They had problems against Louisville's offense last week, so I can't. There's nothing you can do, can do to contain the USC offense. So, are they going to be able to win in a shootout? <clears throat> I don't know. They struggled offensively last game, and they struggled against Ohio State, who's a good defense. But it's a tough call. I think it could go either way. Notre Dame is favored, but I like USC to win. So. Yeah, After I'm gonna just it... rip apart. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make it short and sweet. Um... Notre Dame still has a, a really good team. They're at home. You mentioned it, how hard it is to beat them at home. But uh, I'm simply choosing USC because of the predominance of Caleb Williams. Trent spoke how great he is. I think we all agree how good he is. I mean, you guys picked him for Heisman. I fell on the Milton train pretty fast, but uh, he would have been my second pick if it makes you guys feel better. But um, listen, man, Williams is unbelievable. Sam Hartman, I, I give that guy a lot of credit. He's, he's a really good player. I feel bad. He deserves better. But um, I'm, I'm going to pick USC here. Trent? Um, you know, I know that Notre Dame has two losses compared to USC's none, but you got to remember USC hasn't played anybody this year. Yeah, I mean, correct. They're, they're coming off of a triple overtime win against Arizona. Uh, they, they, they sneaked out of Colorado with a seven point <clears> win. I mean, <laughs> and then at the same time, Notre Dame's two losses are one to a, obviously a good Ohio State team, a game they probably should have won. And then, like, obviously, they didn't show up against Louisville, but any ACC fan will know that a night game in Louisville you know, in a, in a uh, couple of ranked teams is, is not an easy environment to play in. And Louisville definitely is no slouch this year either. So, um, you know, it's obviously wasn't – they didn't play well, but it's not like a really bad loss at the same time. So – like Alex said, Notre Dame at home, really, really good. Um, ranked matchup, you know, they have a lot to they gotta they gotta redeem themselves clearly from their last win. Uh Notre Dame USC is a big rivalry too. Um, I'm I'm gonna pick Notre Dame. Uh, I'm gonna pick the home team, um, mainly because of that home environment. But at the same time, I don't think USC's defense is going to get enough stops. I know that Notre Dame's offense hasn't really shown up as of late, but we know what they can do. Um, and I think in this game, Notre Dame's offense will show up. Um, and this is the best team USC's played this year by far, not even close. So I, I like Notre Dame. Yeah, it's not a bad pick. I <laughs> um, uh, wouldn't be surprised if uh, USC gets blown out of the water too. I mean, the defense definitely is a concern, guys. I mean – uh, we talked about it all year. We talked about it last season. We talked about it the year before. I mean, it's you guys have made it very well known that this is a problem on their Lincoln Riley's teams. Um, and, and I mean, at the same time, 
I mean, obviously we talk about USC's defense, but and obviously their offense is good too, but their offense hasn't played a defense like Notre Dame's. Yeah. I mean, this is by far the best defense they're going to play. So I, I don't know if they're going to be able to put up the 40 plus points that they've been able to do against Arizona and Colorado and San Jose State and Stanford. So I think that's another test is that if this offense, how is this offense going to perform against, you know, a, a top 25, top 30 defense or whatever they are? So, yep. Um, it'll be interesting. Very good point. All right, let's get to the next game here. Let's talk about the those Miami Hurricanes against North Carolina going into uh, North Carolina here. Obviously, um, Drake May has been awesome so far. Uh, he's protected, projected to be a top three pick. Um, North Carolina is really good, guys. They're undefeated. This game is in Charlotte. Um, it's going to be a tough test for UM. I'll go first. Look, not not choosing them because I'm a homer. I truly believe you can go in there and they can win. I think uh, last week's game is really going to light in a fire uh, for this Miami team. Um, at times, North Carolina is a little bit inconsistent. Not th- not to say that Miami's not, but I really believe they can go up there and and and, and win this game. Um, all bias aside, I really believe that. So that's my pick. Uh, Trent, I'll start with you next, man. What do you think? So, um, this is a three and a half. North Carolina's three and a half point favorites here at home. Uh, obviously, night game. It's going to be a pretty rowdy environment. Um, and I do expect UM to, to have a better game than what we saw last week, you know, even before the kneel. Um, I do think you'll see a, a more, a, just a better offense, a better Van Dyke. Um, but that said, I'm going to go with North Carolina. I just think that they just have a little too much juice offensively. Um and, you know, we saw how UM kind of played their first ACC game against a very inferior – I mean, I'm talking about a really bad Georgia Tech defense, and they didn't show up. And, I, like I said, I do think they'll play better, but this is a team that's likely better than Georgia Tech. Um, so I, I don't think that they'll be able to, to fully redeem themselves after the knee, so I'm going to take North Carolina. Yeah, and uh, how can you give that stat, you know, about uh, Mario Cristobal at Stanford and then wins the next two games and then pick uh, North Carolina, man? <laughs> I, I, I history doesn't always repeat itself. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but, uh, I mean, I, it's going to be a tough test. Obviously, the toughest test for UM all year, but uh, I think they can prevail. But, Alec, what do you think, man? I... Um was really excited about this game last week. I, it's it's the, this loss that Miami had last weekend is brutal, brutal, brutal loss. Um, especially in college football, more than pros, definitely. Um, you know, your team morale, confidence, emotions play into – your performance a lot more. Uh, and now you're talking about going on the road to North Carolina, a North Carolina team and a coach with Mac Brown that historically has had no problem. I mean, he's had a couple close games. They've had a lot of close games, but he seems to always find a way to beat Miami, um, regardless of who the coach is. And, you know, it, it, my analysis is the same as it has been in any North Carolina game this year. Um, you know, are they going to be able to win in a shootout against North Carolina? Potentially. I mean, this is a team that put up 48 against AM. Great defense. AM's got a great defense. They played Bama pretty well last week. Um, 
you know, obviously the field it rained that game. The field was a little slippery, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so it, the the main thing for me is morale, and uh, because of that, I I think that North Carolina will win, and that North Carolina will cover. Uh, maybe win by a touchdown. You know, uh, it, it's it's real tough to respond to a game like that. And Miami's got to go into this one. Then they got to go next weekend to Clemson. You might be looking at three straight losses, which is okay. You know, uh, Florida State was there last year. You can respond after that. You can regroup. But that loss last week was too devastating. It, it, and if they do respond, if they do come out and win, then then I think they'll be fine this year. I just my my gut tells me that that won't be the case. So I I like uh, the Tar Heels, the the Fighting Mac Browns in this one. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I really feel like last week's loss uh, is really in a lot of fire in these guys. Crystal ball is a great motivational speaker. He's a great, obviously recruiter. We all know that game day coaching is a little bit different. That's always been the knock on him, but uh, I really believe he's going to get his guys ready in position to win a game. Uh, they, they all know what's on the line and they lose this game. So uh, I think they're going to come out and play well. And I think they're going to barely get the the win, but uh, for all the fans watching this game, obviously, um, Take a look at Drake May. You're looking at a potential top three pick in the NFL draft. He is that good a quarterback. So that's also a tough test for you. Uh, by far the best quarterback they're going to see so far this this year. Um, with that said, guys, uh, let's move on. All right. Obviously, we got game day in Washington this week. Uh, Alec and I talked about we went out of our way to talk about Michael Penix a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this is the first real test for Washington. And Michael Penix, they they are going against my college football pick uh, to make the playoff, which was or which is Oregon. Oregon goes into Washington. Uh, what a game this is going to be! Eight versus number seven, uh, loser leaves town. But uh, look, man, Bo Nix is is about as good as a college quarterback as you're going to find, and Michael Penix can absolutely sling it and rip it. Um, he's having his he's now the Heisman favorite. Uh, he's hiding out in Washington, so not many people get to watch him. But man, he is a real talent. So with that said, Alec, what do you think, man? You know, unfortunately, I haven't been able, I haven't been able to uh, watch Washington play like maybe very briefly this year. So I, it, it's hard for me to make a solid analysis on Washington side. I have played, I have watched Oregon play multiple games this year. The thing that stands out to me is their defense. And obviously they have an experienced quarterback, so they're not going to have problems on the offensive side. So the real question is, will their will the Oregon defense, which is up there with some of the best one of the best defenses in the country, be able to shut down Michael Penix? Um, he is, you know, he's not really a runner, but he's he's got great pocket presence, and uh, I guess he could use his legs if he needs to, but. He's a phenomenal passer, and uh, he's got arm strength. He's got accuracy. He's got everything. He makes great decisions. He's in his fifth year or sixth year as a quarterback with the COVID rules. And if anybody's, <laughs> excuse me, going to be able to do it, it'll be him. Uh, I guess the the best quarterback that Oregon would have faced this year before him would be Shadur Sanders, unless I'm missing a game. Um. And they did a pretty good job of handling that. They blitz a lot. They have a very aggressive defense. Now, 
I've decided that whoever is the home team in this game is going to win. Do, do we know who that is? Yeah, it's Washington. Okay, never mind. I, I, I like Oregon to win this game. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> if Penix balls out, then he should win. He should be the Heisman favorite. Um, you know. Not to diss Caleb, but we talked about this, guys, about, you know, it's hard to win the Heisman two years in a row. And if there's somebody who's even remotely as flashy as as Caleb Williams, they'll, they'll probably get the nod. Um, but they would also have to go on and win their conference or something like that to, to be in Heisman consideration. I think the Washington can lose this game and, and maybe win every other game they play and have an argument at the end of the year. But Oregon to me is like the hottest of one of the hottest teams in football right now. And um, I think that they probably have the edge at this point in the season. Um, It's a gut feeling. What's the spread? Three or three and a half for Washington. Washington's favorite. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I'll go with Oregon. Yeah, three. Washington by three. Yeah. Um, Trent, go ahead, man. Um, I mean, I agree with Alec. If, if Washington wins and Penix balls, it's hard not to put him as the Heisman favorite. It also would be hard not to pay Washington as a top five team. Um, because like Alex said, Oregon is, is hot right now. They're a very, very good team and a very good defense. However, because of that defense, which is going to be clearly the best defense that Washington sees all year, um, I like Oregon here. Um, I just think that Oregon is just top to bottom a little more complete of a team. I think Penix can still have a great game and still lose. Um, I just like Oregon as as a complete team here. Um, they are very well coached by Dan Lang. They're, they're so sound on defense. I mean, the last two games, they've held their opponents to six points each. Colorado is one of those games who we know has a good offense. So, um I just think that Penix is great, but this is just a different animal in terms of defenses he's going to see. Um, so I, I like Oregon here. Yeah. Um, listen, man, it's, it's such a tough pick because Oregon was my playoff pick. Um, Washington is at home. I really want to pick Washington, but I can't do it now. Uh, Oregon's made me look pretty good. Uh, I'm going to stick to Oregon, but, man, it is going to be a close game, Alec, and uh, – would not shock me at all if Washington wins. Um, that spread is, is is also tough as well. But uh, I'm going to have to uh, take Oregon, and they're going to barely survive. But uh, to go into that environment uh, is going to be real tough for Oregon. And if Washington wins, man, they got a real, real shot to make the, the college football playoff. They really do. Yeah, one th- thing I'll add real quickly is that the Pac-12 this year is stacked. There's a lot of good teams. Yeah. And there's potential that, you know, they could all eat each other up. And, and ruin their chances. It happened last year. USC was the last team that had a chance to make the playoff. They got knocked off by a really good Utah team. Um, so that could end up being the case this year where everyone beats everyone and nobody really makes it out alive. If that's going to happen, then maybe Washington wins this game over Oregon. But I think Oregon should be winning every game that they're playing this year. They have, they have the opportunity to. We'll see how they show up. But – um yeah this is going to be a good one for sure yep well said all right the next game is uh ucla going into oregon state 18 versus 15 um i've chosen against oregon state multiple times this year i'm not going to do it again 
Uh, give me Oregon State at home. They're a pretty good team. Obviously, UCLA has Chip Kelly, and they have a really good offense. But uh, it's kind of tough to beat Oregon State at home with DJ down there. So give me Oregon State. How about you, Trent? Uh, I don't feel the same way as you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, like, I respect Oregon State. Um, I like what they're doing down there. Um, but UCLA is coming off of a very impressive win for me against Washington State. I thought Washington State would win that game. Um, Dante Moore, even though it didn't play the greatest game, has been pretty damn good all year. Um, obviously, he's a true freshman, highly tied a true freshman. Um, you know, they were able to run the ball right down Washington State's throat. Uh, Carson still had 140 yards of rushing. Um, and I think that the Chip Kelly's are just a little too much offensively for Oregon State here. I know it's going to be a night game in Oregon State. It should actually be a really rowdy environment. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna take UCLA here. I like Dante more. Yeah. Alec, how about you, dude? The thing with UCLA, you would think it'd be their offense because of Chip Kelly, but it's been their defense. Their defense was really impressive. Last week, they gave Washington State some problems, man. And I think they have a pretty sound D this year. We were talking about off the air uh, that the Pac-12 has a lot of good teams this year, and I could see everybody eating each other up one way or the other, uh, and maybe none of them making it to a playoff because of it. Um, I, I'm not too big on Chip Kelly, personally. Um, they're not offensively as good as they were last year with a better quarterback. And I think that DJ has been playing a lot better this year. You know, I don't think he's anything special. Um, but he's been solid enough for them. And they're the home team. So I'm picking Oregon State in this game. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a good game to watch for sure. Uh, I really don't feel confident about my pick because uh, Chip's out, Kelly's out. Co- Offense can explode at times, so I really don't know what to do, but I'm just going to take the home team, like I said. And and I've gone against Oregon State twice, and they've burned me both times. So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna take that team there. Guys, uh, there's a pretty interesting game I want to talk about simply because of, of the team, and that's Louisville going into Pitt. Don't worry, I'm not taking Pitt again. Um, but uh, I just want more to talk about Louisville here for a second. There is a world, we talked about it off air, that uh, there is a world that Louisville can make the ACC championship. And if they win that game, then they make the playoff. That would be pretty, pretty wild. Alec was telling me off here, like, they have, like, a connection to South Florida in terms of getting, like, the four-star recruits. They basically get all the high leftovers, and then they – they over no, the... I would not. I would not say leftovers. They get they get guys like highly touted blue chip guys every now and then. They got T.J. Capers from Columbus, who was the number one linebacker in the country um, this past cycle. So it's they get, I stand, they get guys from South Florida. I stand corrected. You guys would know more than me on that. I don't watch mm-hmm. too much Louisville games, but uh, look, they're they're really talented. I've watched them play. Um, they have a good program down there. They've always been competitive, but this year they look like they've really taken another step and. Uh, they look scary, man. They still have some some big games ahead of them in the ACC, but uh, they win those games. There's a real chance to make the 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 ACC championship, Trent. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the ACC games, they really only have, have two two tests left, and that's Duke. And if that's without Riley Leonard, then they can win that game easily. It's at home, and then they got to play Miami in late November. Um, which you know, who knows about Miami right now? But you know, that's probably the next best ACC team they play. Um, so it's it's very possible that they 
but they make an AC championship game. Um, they look great. They really shut the door on Notre Dame at home. They've proven that they're a tough team to beat, especially at home. Um, so it would it honestly it would not surprise me to see Louisville in a championship game now with Riley Leonard out for Duke. I mean, the way especially watching them the way they play against Notre Dame, I I wouldn't count out Louisville. They they look really good right now and they they're hot. They're definitely yep. hot. Alec, we talked about it for a good amount of time off here. And, uh, yeah, we talked a lot about Louisville. But why don't you tell the people what you told me? Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you – I was, I was going to say the same thing. So, um, as it stands, Florida State, Louisville, and UNC are undefeated. And neither of those three teams play each other this year. So yeah, it's interesting. If they all win out or they all lose one game and they all end up with the same record – you you're you're not gonna have a uh matchup tiebreaker to look to to be able to decide who goes. I I took a brief look at what the tiebreak rules are in that situation, but I don't feel right for me remembering. I know that in years years ago they used to do coin flips. I don't know if they're still gonna be doing <laughs> probably be margin. It's a little harsh. It would probably be margin of victory. Uh, if I had to take a guess. But Louisville's got a solid team. They had a great coach and Jeff Brom. I, I want to say he came from Purdue. If, if it's not Purdue, maybe UCF. Like I, it's one of those gold and black teams. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But but it's first year there, and um, they they had a really impressive win against uh, against Notre Dame. But that you, I don't know if if they're going to be able to pull that out in the first year. I think you're looking at Florida State. You're looking at North Carolina as teams who have been in the, in the hunt in years past and building their team, building up until this point. And um, those are going to be the teams you want to keep your eye on as it stands. But we also talked about Miami winning most of their games, if not all their games. They got a chance to be there. There's a lot to be figured out in the ACC playoff picture. And I think you could say that about pretty much every conference. Um, in, in college football, it's, it's too early to see. So these next couple of weeks are going to be crucial and, and they're going to be uh, deciding, you know, who, who ends up in the playoff more or less. Yep, correct. Look, guys, uh, college football rankings are approaching. We're going to talk about – that was one of my favorite things last year we did, talk about the playoffs every week and uh, who, who lost and who's, who's going to get in. We're just about around that time again. We still got uh, about more than half a season left. But, uh, guys, it's uh, it's going to come down the crunch. I was telling Alec – uh, off air that this is as wide open as ever been that I can ever remember in terms of the playoff uh, when they when they establish this thing. I mean, there's four spots and there's about at least 15 teams who can get those four spots um, this year and have a real chance to win it all. Uh, George obviously has his questions at quarterback, but he's been playing really well. They obviously dominated Kentucky. But uh, with that said, guys, that's it for today. Um, big games this week. We're going to talk about the playoff in a couple weeks. And uh, like always, thanks for watching. Guys, uh, have a good night, man. It'll be exciting next week. Yep. As always, go Knowles. <laughs>